Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast, the podcast all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. So after last week's entree back from the holiday break, I sent an email out to my list and I said, hey, after this week's guided exercise on the podcast, I opened up the doors for a coaching initiative called Onward and Onboard, which essentially is a one-on-one coaching session that offers clarity and strategies and systems to jumpstart your 90-day goals. So I understand completely how you kind of put your toe in the water of this year and you're like, I don't know if I really want to be trying to plan things for the year because you don't know which way things are going to go. But I think that the next 90 days is a pretty safe bet, Lord willing. And so Onward and Onboard was my entree back into coaching in 2021. And then I got these emails and these inboxes like, wait, you're coaching again? So listeners, for those of you who are new to Dr. Shante, once upon a time in a land far away in a podcast called Believing Bigger, I was the host of that podcast, but also had basically a whole separate parallel track career as a brand coach, as a strategies coach and all those things. And I took a break from that to really focus on podcasting and to launch this next podcast. And in 2021, I have come full circle. And so I am back in it and I am offering coaching in 2021. And one of the first things that I'm offering this year is onward and on board, which as I said, is that one-on-one session to just really kind of chart out what the next three months are going to look like. I know that sometimes it it can be so easy to do that for other people and help other people with their strategies and goals. But then when it comes to us, it just seems to take days. We can't seem to get clear. We're not asking the right questions. And then one day turns into three days and three days turns into three weeks. And then we really haven't gotten anywhere. And we're feeling like the year is getting away from us. Trust me, I feel your pain. And so if you want to sit down with me this month one-on-one and hammer out your goals, your thoughts, your vision, your focus for 2021 and what that's going to look like over the next three months, head over to readytobelieve.com and sign up for Onward and Onboard. It will automatically take you to a scheduler where you can schedule your session at a time that works for you and we can get this party started, okay? So as promised, we are starting the Manifestation Series. If you are new to this podcast, we are a series-based podcast. And so our first series of the new year is all about manifestation. And our guiding text for this episode is Proverbs 3.5, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Some versions say he will direct your path. So we are talking about manifestation this series. So this week, next week, and the week after that. And today we're going to focus on why this, why now? We're going to talk about the origins of manifestation. So get ready for a bit of a history lesson, folks. And I'm going to set you up for part two of this series. Okay, so why this, why now? What are the origins of manifestation? And setting you up for part two of this series. So let's get right into it. As we often do, let's start with some definitions. Yes, manifestation is an event or an action or an object that clearly shows or embodies something, especially a theory or an abstract idea. To manifest means to display or to show by one's acts or appearance. 
And then there is a 1408 definition. So this is not a new term. Okay, we're going to go back to that shortly. But manifest is mentioned in the Bible. Manifestation is mentioned in the Bible in terms of like the words themselves. Um, And as early as the 13th century, the definition of manifest was to make known by actions or by words. Okay. So that is what we're talking about today to make known by actions or words to display something or to show something to make it real. Right. So manifestation or the idea of manifesting is not new. In fact, the phrase manifest destiny, you guys remember that from social studies from world civ was coined in like the mid 1800s. And it was rooted in this belief that it was man's destiny to colonize North America and spread the doctrine of democracy and capitalism throughout the continent. And many people believe that it was their God-given, God-ordained right to conquer and colonize and establish democratic systems of rule and commerce. So I hope you see the irony in that, right? Democracy, okay, that word is a Greek word and it is demos kratos and Demos refers to a whole citizen that lives within a particular city or state or nation state. And kratos means the power of rule. So democracy implies that it is the people who have the power to rule. And yet I am struck by the irony that the colonizers who came to North America, I'm sure they did not ask or include the indigenous peoples who were already occupying the space what their thoughts were on the matter. But I digress. So (laughs) back to manifestation. To manifest something is to make something that is abstract, concrete, to produce something real and tangible out of something that was once just a theory or a thought or an idea. And there is nothing inherently wrong with that. So if you think about cooking a dish of spaghetti and then two hours later, it is on your plate because you've done the work to prepare it. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, most innovations of the modern age are manifestations. They are concrete realities that were once just ideas in somebody's head. And on its face, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Although I don't think it's a good idea to manifest every thought that pops into your head. The concept itself is very sound. So why am I bringing this up now? What relevance does it have in today's milieu? Well, because this is the time of year where that word manifestation gets thrown around a lot, quite a bit. And the way that it is used today is rooted in a movement that started in the 19th century. So that is the 1800s. And nowadays, if you browse the self-help or the personal development section of any bookstore you will inevitably see words like manifest, attract, the law of attraction, the secret. And if you scroll through social media, you will see your friends and family and influencers talk about how they manifested a new car or a new business or $100,000 or some high paying job or they didn't manifest it themselves a brand new boo because now they in love under new management. Okay. So obviously with all of that going on and and around, it has piqued the curiosity of many wondering, well, how can I get in on this? How can I get in on this manifesting, you know, so I can manifest some of that goodness in my life. So that's why I'm bringing it up now. And, you know, let's be honest. Nobody wants to hear about suffering or poverty or struggles or loss. We don't want to be fans of the losing team. 
<coughs> Chicago Bears. Uh, we want to experience the rush of adrenaline and the jubilation of being in the winner's circle. So it stands to reason that at this time of year, when resolutions are being made and vision boards are being created, that there is a hyper focus on what people are looking to quote unquote manifest in the new year. So to be clear, manifestation as it is used and applied today is rooted in the law of attraction. The law of attraction is the belief that positive or negative thoughts can bring about positive or negative experience into a person's life. And as a believer, your first thought might be, well, doesn't the Bible say that as a man thinketh, so he is and that there's life and death in the power of the tongue? The answer is yes, the Bible does say that. And I would also say that if you read the Bible without context or subtext, then you really don't have a text because you cannot take a single verse out of the Bible, put it in a vacuum and not look at the context from which it was articulated. So we will circle back to those scriptures next episode. But let me save you some suspense with regard to where I stand on manifesting and manifestation. I do not believe in manifestation the way that it is used and applied today. I do not believe in the law of attraction, okay? And by the end of this series, you will know why I don't believe in it and what I actually do believe in. So let's dig into the origin story of manifestation because if you're gonna be throwing these terms around, especially as a believer, you need to be real clear on what you're talking about. So the origins of manifestation, the law of attraction is an idea that was born out of, take notes here, the new thought movement. You can Google that, the new thought movement. And it was founded or largely attributed to a man by the name of Phineas Quimby, okay? Mr. Quimby was a clockmaker out of Maine and he believed in the mind's ability to cure illness. So when he started this, he thought that you could think yourself well, that if you were ridden with a disease, that you could think yourself into a cure. But, and this is also where the Christian science movement came out of this. So it's a branch of this, okay? But by the 1890s, the movement started to shift away from the curing of diseases. So according to historian Beryl Satter, instead of focusing on disease, it started to focus and shift upon the mind's power to create material success. Quote, since human thought had creative power, negative thoughts materialized into negative situations, while spiritual thoughts could form a positive reality. So what you see here is the origins of this from this man, from Phineas Quimby, is a shift away from thinking yourself into a cure, thinking yourself well, and a shift towards economic and individual prosperity. In 1897, a book, written by Ralph Waldo Treen called In Tune with the Infinite, sold millions of copies. And for that time period to sell millions of copies before the modern industry of the printing press and, and all of that, that was really something. That was a, a feat, okay? And one of the quotes out of this book says, if one holds themselves in the thought of poverty, they will be poor. And the chances are that they will remain in poverty. If one holds themselves, whatever present conditions may be, continually in the thought of prosperity, they set into operation forces that will sooner or later 
bring them into prosperous conditions, end quote. And this idea, the idea that if you are poor and you think about the circumstances of your poverty, that you're going to stay poor, but no matter what situation you're in, if you think about yourself in a prosperous place, then it will, the thoughts will set operations and forces into motion that will sooner or later bring about prosperous conditions. And so this idea became so popular that by the 1920s, it had weaved and embedded its way into mainstream Christianity and the prosperity gospel movement was born. So if you are familiar with that term, name it and claim it, nab it and grab it. Yeah, this is where that comes from. And in the mid 1920s, it changed. Okay. The prosperity gospel changed the mission of Jesus from redeeming our souls back to God through his death and sacrifice on the cross to following Jesus is the way to economic success. In fact, a book published in 1925 by Bruce Barton called The Man Nobody Knows stated that Jesus was a successful entrepreneur, that he picked up 12 men from the bottom ranks of business and forged them into an organization that conquered the world. End quote. So I want y'all to listen. Don't take my word for it. Don't think that, you know, Dr. Shantae is throwing sand on your parade, on your picnic. I want you to Google and study to show thyself approved. Okay. But from this notion, the man nobody knows and that Jesus was an entrepreneur and that following Jesus was the path to prosperity. Books like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which I actually like that book. <laughs> I, I do enjoy that book. You know, I, I think the the tenets of it, the premise of it is rooted in this law of attraction. But the the thought of not focusing on the negative aspects of your life and focusing more positively and serving your way to success. There are some aspects of that book that I do think are pretty actionable, but I digress. So books like that, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and so many others soon followed. And many of these texts were centered around the idea that you can think yourself out of poverty and that Jesus wants us to be rich because he himself was rich. Now, fast forward to today, books like the Secret, You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero, even The Alchemist, which I love that book too, are rooted in the law of attraction. Except that nowadays, Jesus has been edged out of the equation in favor of, drumroll please, the universe. So I want to read you some excerpts from The Secret, that book, The Secret, okay? It is a bestseller millions times over. It is published in over 30 different languages. It is a very popular text. So here are some things that it says, quote, you are God in a physical body. You are spirit in the flesh. You are eternal life expressing itself as you you are a cosmic being. You are all power. You are all wisdom. You are all intelligent. You are perfection. You are magnificent. You are the creator. And you are creating the creation of you on this planet. End quote. Another quote says, so whatever way you look at it, the result is still the same. We are one. We are all connected and we are all part of the one energy field 
or the one supreme mind or the one consciousness or the one creative source. Call it whatever you want, but we are all one. End quote. So a central idea here in the laws of attraction and that really popularized this thought of manifestation and the universe is that you are the universe. You are the universe. You are the universe. You are one with the universe. You are creating the universe. And by extension, you are creating your reality when you send your intentions out into the atmosphere, when you send your intentions out into the universe you are manifesting a concrete reality. So when you put your intention out there to make $100,000, the universe receives that frequency and then sets the wheels in motion for you to obtain it. That is what the law of attraction is all about. And that sounds very familiar to that thought back from like the 1920s or, or 1800s where they were talking about if you hold yourself uh, in continual thought of prosperity, then you are going to set into operation forces that will sooner or later bring about prosperous conditions. Okay. So that was like out of the 1890s, but fast forward to today, basically, Hey, put your intention out there, send it into the universe and the universe will receive that frequency and it will reverberate back in such a way where you will actually create that thing that you desire because you and the universe are one. So if I had the wherewithal or this was like a highly produced podcast, this is where I would insert the sound of the crickets chirping. I'm going to be honest with you (laughs) and say that when I initially started researching this, because this isn't my first rodeo with respect to conversations about manifestation. This is just my first time speaking them publicly in the podcast setting. But when I read this and I was doing some digging and I started going into the origins when I started getting to the bottom of where this came from the Holy Spirit no joke was churning in my soul like a baby in a mother's womb and not in a good way but we're going to get into that next week so now that you have the origins of the movement okay let me get you set up for next week and I will set you up in this manner I'm going to share three scriptures with you that I want you to marinate on throughout the week. Okay. And the scriptures are these, and I'll make sure to put these in the show notes. John, the gospel of John chapter 15 verses four and five, which says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself, unless it remains in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse five, I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So that's one scripture. Genesis chapter one, verse one. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, right? Easy to find. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Some versions say the heavens and the earth. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then this one is a little lengthier, but it sets you up for next week, okay? About where we going next week. Romans, the Apostle Paul is the writer here. And Romans, this is from the Amplified Version of the Bible because it has a lot of parenthetical statements, which I'm going to read to you verbatim. 
chapter 1 verses 20 through 25 romans 1 20 through 25 says this for ever since the creation of the world his that is god's invisible attributes his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through his workmanship that is all his creation the wonderful things he has made so side note what paul is saying here is that god's presence the evidence of god is clear and apparent when you look at how the earth was made and how it was formed and how every single organism works in a perfectly harmonious system even the human body which modern science still has not discovered the full depths of the inner workings of the human body paul is saying when you look at all of this god has made himself obvious to us okay through his creation through the wonderful things that he has made so that they, that is those who fail to believe and trust in him, are without excuse and defense. Verse 21, for even though they knew God as the creator, they did not honor him as God or give thanks for his wondrous creation. On the contrary, they became worthless in their thinking, godless with pointless reasonings and silly speculations and their foolish hearts were darkened. Verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools and they exchanged the glory and majesty and excellence of the immortal God for an image, worthless idols in the shape of mortal man and birds and four-footed animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their own hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them, abandoning them to the degrading power of sin. Verse 25, because by choice, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. So I'm going to put some parameters around the church at Rome <laughs> in our next episode. But I want you to listen to that 25th verse one more again, because by choice, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. So what you trying to say, Dr. Shante, that our words don't have power? You trying to say our thoughts don't have power? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, the Bible says that our words and thoughts do, in fact, have power. And I will get into that next week, because after we walk through the scriptures that I just referenced, we need to compare the truth of God to the new thought movement and the law of attraction and then armed with those two sets of data, you must make a decision about what you choose to believe. And listen, if you don't believe what I believe, I'm still rocking with you. Hey, friend. Hey, hey, girl. Hey, hey, my dude. I'll give you some dap. Okay, we good. We are good. I'm not looking at you sideways and other ways. What I am saying is that as a professor, as an academic, as a scholar, when I really put on my thinking cap, I like to make informed decisions and I don't like to spew and spout unless I have done my due diligence and 
exerted some elbow grease and started to look into not only the scriptures, but also these concepts so that I'm not sitting up here talking out the side of my neck like some ignorant fool. I just don't, that's not who I am. Okay. And so what I'm trying to do is equip you with two sets of data and this data is available to you. In fact, from this very podcast, you have enough terms and names and titles and dates and time periods to really go digging into manifesting and manifestation and see how this all evolved. Now my podcast, you know, I try to keep it in the pocket of about, you know, no longer than 30 minutes. And so I, man, I mean, truly I could make a whole season out of this. We could really do a deep week by week, like eight, 10 week dive into this, but we don't have time for that because we're not set up that way. Okay. But you have enough, you are well equipped to take everything I've said on this podcast and do your own stuff. Okay. And at the end of the series, then you can make a decision about what you choose to believe. But I will tell you this, I'm going to tell you this, you will need to make a choice as a believer. You will need to make a choice about what you believe, because when I present the two sets of data side by side, there are aspects of the data that cannot coexist. Either you accept one or you accept another but you can't make them cohabitate, okay? It's, I'm not a science person, but there are some, there, something about like positive and negative ions. You know, when you did that experiment with the magnets, how some ends would instantly attract and connect and others would repel, like no matter how hard you tried, you just couldn't bring them together. There are gonna be pieces of this data that when you put them up against the Bible, you cannot bring them together. And so it will be left to you to choose. And in addition to that, I will share with you what I do believe. So if you don't believe in manifesting, what do you believe? I will tell you what I believe next week. Okay, (laughs) so hold on to that. So that is what we're going to be doing in part two of our series. I want to thank you for listening, for sharing, for rating and reviewing this podcast. It would not be as successful as it is without you. And I want to remind you that if you want to set up that onward and onboard session with me, so just kind of the onboarding of your year, how are you going to start the year? And don't think like, oh my gosh, we already two weeks in. I didn't miss the boat. Mm -mm. You have not missed the boat because Lord willing in the creek don't rise. You will be able to ride out these next 90 days with clarity and focus and actionable steps that will move you closer to where you want to be. And if you just need somebody to help you clarify what that looks like, I am happy to do that. So head to readytobelieve.com and book your session. I will be doing that all the month of January and I will see you next time.